Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. It's your favorite edition of Daybreak here on the Built by Bama online podcast. It is a TGIF version of the program. Travis Schreier, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you three times per week here on Daybreak. And I'm going to be joined here in just a moment or two by BOL Recruiting Analyst Hank South. We're going to go deep into some recruiting topics of note here over the course of this week. We'll do that with Hank coming up in just a little bit. But you do have a busy weekend of Alabama athletics on tap. You've got baseball, you've got softball, you've got gymnastics tonight at Coleman Coliseum on tap. Obviously, a very big men's basketball game for Saturday night at 7.30 at Coleman Coliseum as the Crimson Tide looks to bounce back from that tough midweek loss at the hands of the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Uh, You've got uh, South Carolina. South Carolina coming off an overtime win on Wednesday night on its home four against the Georgia Bulldogs. So South Carolina, as we talked about, one of those teams along with Alabama, Mississippi State, sort of in play-in mode, and that'll be the case once again on Saturday night at Coleman Coliseum. Again, though, we want to check in now with Hank South, recruiting analyst for us there at BamaOnline.com. Hank, how are you doing? I'm good. I cannot complain. Getting ready for this uh, this dead period to wrap up and then go full speed right into March. Yeah, and I wanted to start with, obviously, the sort of seismic news item from this week as it relates to really Alabama football in general. The departure, Hank, of Scott Cochran as strength and conditioning coordinator under Nick Saban to an on-the-field position at the University of Georgia, special teams coordinator uh, for Kirby Smart moving forward. And one of the the things I wanted to touch on with you in relation to all of that, from a recruiting perspective, we always hear about area coaches or area recruiters, uh, you know, position-specific recruiters that help uh, on the recruiting trail. Nick Saban, obviously, in his role as head coach and closer. What about Scott Cochran? Uh, such a longtime staple of this program. Uh, did, did you hear much from players over the years about interaction with Scott Cochran and, and what was the sort of feedback, if any, that you got as far as, you know, where he was at kind of in that, that assistant role when it came to recruiting? Yeah. You know, we, we, we talked to these recruits about taking visits to Alabama and, you know, you, you think, you know, it's just meeting with Nick Saban, meeting with the, the assistant coaches going to camp, doing all that, but, you know, going through the whole program, doing the academic tour, seeing the strength and uh, conditioning facilities and all that. 
that's part of it. So Scott Cochran definitely played a role in, in recruiting. Um, you know, I think back to a story um, a, a couple years ago, well, you know, three years ago, I guess now, um, when when Najee Harris, the 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 uh, Michigan, the Alabama Michigan saga with Najee Harris, and you know, everyone trying to figure out what he was going to do. Was he going to stick with Alabama? Was he going to flip to Michigan and, and go to Ann Arbor? And uh, we caught up with him at the at the All American Bowl in San Antonio. And he talked about his relationship with Scott Cochran and, and how, you know, the strength and conditioning uh, program w- was really important to him. That whole aspect of it all was, you know, a really vital key in, in him being committed to Alabama. And, you know, while he wasn't saying he was going to stick with Alabama, he, he wasn't saying he was going to flip to Michigan. He, he, he kept mentioning Scott Cochran. Um, and then, you know, we asked him about the Michigan strength and conditioning program. And he actually didn't even know the he couldn't remember the Michigan strength and conditioning coach's name. And, and that was kind of, I thought, mm. one of those uh, indicators as to where things would eventually end up. And of course, he stuck with Alabama. So I think Scott Cochran played a big role in, in recruitment. You know, recruits mentioned him several times throughout the years in interviews. Um, you know, do I think there's going to be a massive drop off with Scott Cochran on the recruiting end with Scott Cochran at Georgia now? No, you know, that, I think that's going to be um, a, a big, you know, um, qualification Nick Saban's going to look at. And I think you said it best in that piece Brad Coffer put together when he got your um, your uh, input on it was, you know, that there's hundreds of performance professionals that can, you know, are capable of, you know, picking up where things left off. But his ability was, you know, connecting with the players. And I think that's going to be a big thing Nick Saban looks for when he's looking for um, his next strength and conditioning coach. And I think that'll be something that we really see as, um, you know, one, one of those uh, one of the things the, the next um, strength and conditioning coach really does well. Um, whenever that hire is made. So I don't think there's gonna be a huge drop off. I think he was definitely a big part of the recruiting side of things, but I think the next guy will, will, uh, will do that nicely for, for Nick Saban whenever um, he gets hired. And knowing what is coming up for Alabama from a recruiting perspective, you've got a big junior day uh, weekend after this coming up here at Alabama. I would think in terms of timeliness of getting that successor in place, You'd pretty much want to have that happen before that junior day, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd think so, just because this is, you know, there's two junior days every year. Uh, There's one right before signing day, which we saw on February 1st, and then there's typically one at the end of February, but as February is a dead period this year, that's uh, not the case. It's going to be March 7th. We're seeing some schools do them on Sunday this weekend when March 1st um, rolls around, so um, Bama's March 7th, and yeah, that's kind of those are the big, you know, kind of rollout days that they have a lot of their early top targets on campus. We saw several on February 1st, and there, there's some more guys heading in next weekend. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I would imagine that that's something they're going to want to have kind of in place by the time those guys get to campus. And understanding by the time you hear this on Friday morning, there may actually already be a successor in place, given the way that Nick Saban works. Uh, Aaron Feld, obviously, at the University of Oregon, has been mentioned prominently with the opening. He's a home state guy, uh, SEC experience there at Mississippi State, uh, is a is an undergrad, and obviously has worked at Alabama in the past. Who knows how this is going to play out or the time uh, the, the timeliness in which it'll play out, but uh, certainly we're going to have you posted again. If it hasn't already happened by the time you hear this, it, it, it will, I would think, very soon. Now, in terms of that junior day and kind of what's coming up here out of the dead period, what, what does that mean for the Alabama staff once the dead period wraps up? What, what can they and, or, or can't they do uh, once we go back to uh, an active period? 
Yeah, so it moves from what's called the dead period to I believe it's called the quiet period. So it's, you know, you still think there's not too much happening when it's called the quiet period. But what it does is is it allows recruits to have face-to-face contact with coaches again. Recruits can start making visits. They can go out to campus um, and just interact with coaches in person as opposed to just texting or or talking on the phone or on FaceTime. So um, it's a pretty significant uh, um, change in the calendar. Um, You know, definitely things ramp up. You see more spring visits for spring practices. Uh, spring games, obviously. And then, you know, as uh, as the spring portion of things wraps up um, with, with spring games and all that, coaches can get back out on the road um, from usually mid-April till the end of May. Um, and that's what is called the evaluation period, where that's when we see all the assistant coaches kind of fly all over the country like they do in December and January. But it, it's it's more of an evaluation period um, where, you know, you see a lot of offers go out. There's no contact being made as far as, you know, in-person communication on high school campuses, but um, you definitely, you know, you, you see uh, a lot of offers go out and a lot of camp invites go out as well um, for the upcoming summer camps. And it's also notable because head coaches can't go out in the spring. It's just assistant coaches. So that's kind of another uh, a, a big difference as opposed to what we see in December and January. But that's kind of the layout. It goes quiet period, evaluation period, um, and then back to quiet period into another dead period. So the recruiting, the football recruiting calendar is kind of wild, but uh, this year was uh, is typically kind of it stayed the same the past couple of years until this year when February was dead. Um, so it, that's given kind of the big change this year thus far. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Based on your coverage and your updates for us there at BamaOnline.com in recent days, Hank, sounds like uh, emphasis on individuals who can catch the football wide receivers tight ends that's been a continuing theme at that position what have you been able to uncover here in the last few days as far as potential upcoming visitors of note and then I want to ask you something about uh, how we might start to see even bigger names come onto the board at some of those spots uh, in the coming future but but as far as Names of note, guys of note at those two particular spots, wide receiver, tight end. What you hearing there? Yeah, you know, I think next weekend is going to be kind of the kickoff of, uh, you know, seeing a lot of these guys start to make their way to campus for, for spring visits. Um, you know, two big names right off the bat uh, that, that are expected in Mario Williams, who is kind of like a Jalen Waddle type uh, type prospect out of uh, the, the Tampa area. Um, he's making his first visit back since um, visiting for the Alabama LSU game last November. Um, he, he's a guy that, you know, everyone's after him, but he, he's he's focused really on Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Clemson, you know, the heavy hitters uh, that you would that most recruits are, are, are looking at these days. Um, but, you know, Bama's right in there for him. You know, he has a great relationship with Jeff Banks. Um, he's actually a baseball player, too. So he's going to be uh, talking with the baseball staff while he's on campus next weekend as well. So that's kind of a an interesting little uh, uh, you know factor in his recruitment. Um, another one that doesn't actually have an offer yet, another wide receiver, top wide receiver prospect that doesn't have an offer yet, uh, Dante Thornton. He's a, he's a guy out of um, off the East Coast, um, and he, he was supposed to be on campus for the, the first junior day, but he, he couldn't make it down. Um, so he's coming to this one. 
Um, I would anticipate that he, he, he would likely get an offer. Um, you know, he's the number four wide receiver in the country. Um, a lot of talent, big body wide receiver. Um, so he'll be on offer watch certainly next weekend. Um, and then, you know, there's several others. They're not necessarily going to be on campus on March 7th, but, you know, guys, I would anticipate getting back to getting back to Alabama this spring. You know, Ajay Hall, um, top 100 receiver from from IMG Academy. Brian Thomas, um, a, a Louisiana standout. Troy Stiletto, another South Florida guy that that's been to campus once for a game. So there's definitely guys in play, and, and it's a big year for wide receiver. And I think Bama is going to hit on some, hit on some big guys at that position. And then you know the tight end position. You know we talk about it all the time. You know from this past cycle with Eric Gilbert, Darnell Washington, everything that happened with that. Um, but Bama's in the mix for some for some big names. I think the first one that comes to mind for me whenever we're talking about tight end recruiting in the 2021 class is Hudson Wolf. He's a four-star tight end from Tennessee. He's been a he's been a big target of Alabama's for a long time. Uh, Nick Saban personally offered him last March um, prior to his junior season. Um, so they, they've been on him for a while. He's he's been to Tuscaloosa pretty much as much as he's been to any other school um, throughout the last year. He's been to a couple games. He was there for junior day. Um, he'll be back this spring for an official visit, um, and he's a guy that's probably going to make a decision sometime early in the summer. So he's a guy that um, I think Bama fans should keep an eye on. Um, we've seen him make some new offers at the tight end position in recent recent weeks. Thomas Fedone, who's the number one um, tight end in the country, is actually from Iowa. You don't see Bama go to Iowa too much, um, but the, a lot of schools are going to Iowa for Thomas Fedone. Um, he, he's a big name um, in the state, and uh, he, he's a guy that, that recently picked up an offer. Um, and then, you know, th- there's several others, but one other guy I'll mention because he's he, he's likely going to visit here in a few weeks is a, a guy named Lake McCree, um, who, who's from Lake Travis High School in Austin, Texas. He, he recently decommitted from Texas, uh, which is, you know, hometown Texas Longhorns. He backed off that pledge because he wasn't really sure kind of what the direction they were going in with the tight end position in, in that offense. Um, so he's reopened things and he, he's looking at Alabama. They recently offered him as well. So I know there's, there's a story up on BamaOnline.com about kind of the latest in, in, in the tight end um, efforts on the recruiting trail for Alabama. But those are kind of the, the, the notable names of late that we've uh, we've been mentioning. Now, how might the quarterback situation at Alabama here over the next six months sort of impact that? In other words, if, say, Bryce Young is – everything we we think he is and he looks to be and perhaps he becomes that guy and he's a dynamic performer um maybe even more so than the 2020 cycle do you think Bryce Young could impact that next group uh even the next couple of groups if he turns out to be that guy and for that matter you know if Mac Jones goes into the season and and puts up big numbers. I guess what I'm asking, do you think there's sort of a wait and see approach by some of these wide receiver prospects in relation to the quarterback position at Alabama post Tua Tonga Bialoa? You know, I I think maybe for some guys, but you know, I, I there's this idea around kind of the on, on our message board on bamaonline.com and you know, Bama fans seem to there seems to be some concern about wide receiver recruiting and maybe it's, you know, it's because they didn't get one of these big name guys like Arian Smith or or, or, you know, the, uh, you know, the big pass catchers that are going after in the 2020 cycle that, you know, they got three really quality guys with Tyre Jones, Bell, Javon Baker and, and Treshawn Holden. But there really hasn't been that, you know, big name elite wide receiver recruit that they've landed since the 2017 cycle with Judy Smith and, and Ruggs. And so there's there's been kind of this idea that Bama's kind of struggling at wide receiver recruiting. But I really do think, you know, I think the dead period's also adding to this kind of maybe concern from Bama fans. But I really do think that 
these guys have seen what Bama's done the past few years, uh, you know, throwing the ball around Steve Sarkeesian's offense this past season. Um, they've seen what Mac Jones has been able to do stepping in for, for an injured to And, you know, I, I think, you know, Bryce Young's high school body work kind of speaks for itself. I don't think there's as much of a wait and see approach as people might think there there be. I, I think it's just going to take getting these guys on campus for spring visits. Um, you know, obviously official visits in the spring and summer. I think they're going to have a, a really good class at the wide receiver position. It's just kind of, you know, we're in that kind of weird limbo right now where there's not a lot happening. So you kind of people's minds start racing. They think that these guys are going to go to Clemson. They're going to go to LSU. Uh, but Ben is going to play in a good place for a lot of these guys. And I, they've seen what Bama has been able to do. And they, they kind of get the picture of, of what they're doing on offense. So I, I think that'll certainly help if, if Bryce Young, you know, ends up being everything. We, we expect him to be a, certainly helping Mac Jones is, is, is doing good as well. So, but I think, I don't think guys are waiting to, to see as much as maybe people think they are. As far as where we're at in the process and how this staff has kind of gone about its business in recent years, maybe compared to previous years, as we let you go here, Hank, um, from an offer perspective, is it, is it a continuation of, maybe being a little bit more patient early on doesn't see like seem like we're seeing the flurry of commitments as early in the process again this time around as again we saw maybe five six years ago is is that something that you're you're seeing or do you think there could be uh maybe a uh, a flurry of additions to this 2021 class in the coming weeks yeah you know I, I I always think there's there's a chance for you know kind of a run of commitments, but I do agree. I think the staff and we saw this in the 2020 cycle too, even though you know they, they had several commitments by the season start, Bama was really patient and, and they did their due diligence with with the evaluation pro, pro, uh, process um, before they offered guys. Um, obviously, you know we always talk about Nick Saban wants to see guys in person um, get his eyes on 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 the prospect before you know that you can really accept their commitment sometimes there's there's guys that kind of that, that are so good you can't pass up on them. Um, but most of the time, uh, you know, Bama wants to see guys in person. That's why I think the evaluation period is so critical um, for, for the Alabama staff because they can get out, get some, get some film on some guys and, and get, get their eyes on them before, uh, you know, beyond just their, their high school tape or, or, you know, what their, what their um, high school profile says. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I think we've, we've definitely seen a more, patient approach we haven't seen you know there's three commitments in the class right now somebody asked on our board on Bama online the other day kind of how it compared to other classes and I think this time last year or this time two years ago maybe there, there was like 11 commitments already um in in the cycle um ahead of um that year's signing day so yeah you know I, I think we're, we're seeing a much more kind of patient uh process that, that we're seeing you know Bama really get these guys on campus see them in person um and, and you know and another thing that Nick Saban mentioned um, in the signing day press conference um, in December, the early signing day one, he was talking about, you know, just the character of the class and, and the guys, just the quality of, of yeah. young men that they signed, you know, between Willie Anderson, Quindarius Robinson, just a lot of really good kids um, that, you know, you, you just know talking to them, they're going to be successful in whatever they do, whether it's football or just life. So that's another thing I think they're really focusing on um, is is getting to know these kids better um, before, you know, accepting a commitment or anything like that. Yeah. Off the field wise, kids can change a lot from that sophomore to that midway point of that junior, uh, junior year. And, and that's for better or worse. That that's, that works both ways. So, you know, kids that perhaps early on in the process in terms, terms of maturity and 
you know, are they going to be able to handle everything that comes with being a football player at Alabama? Uh, they can, they can prove that, you know, in a, in a course of 18 months, others, maybe they backslide a little bit. So it absolutely makes sense to take as much time as you can getting to understand and evaluate that side of the thing, uh, which is probably more important than anything else, um, you know, in the process. Hang with me here on this, Hank. I'm going to make an American Idol comparison to this process. It seems like the preliminary offer, Hank, is that golden ticket from the judges. That gets you to California, right? And oh, then, yeah. then in, 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 in the recruiting aspect of that, that gets you to Tuscaloosa in the summer. And then you get an opportunity really in front of the judges and everyone to sort of cement your status as a potential Alabama idol instead of an American idol. Am I, am I crazy? Am I way off on that? No, kind of I think analogy? You, you hit it. You hit it right on the head. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, I, would, I would definitely agree. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. I bet Nick Saban would love that comparison <laughs> too. Hey, Hank, as always, we appreciate the time here on daybreak. Always appreciate your great work for us there at BamaOnline.com. Certainly encourage each and every one of you to check out Hank, Tim Watts, the rest of the great staff we have at BOL on a daily basis. We're ready for you at BOL. For Hank South, I'm Travis Schreier. Hope you have a great weekend. We'll check in with you again on Monday when Daybreak returns here on the Built by Bama online podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.